Hallelujah. Glory to God. So good to see each and every one of you. Praise the Lord. We're just blessed. You know, I believe that in, you know, this year is a, a great year. It's a supernatural year for us as a church. But I believe it's actually a very pivotal year for what's going to go on. I do believe it's going to separate those that are really truly uh, honoring God and those that are not honoring God. That there's going to be the lines going to get drawn even bigger. Yeah. Amen. And uh, the wonderful thing is, is that the word of God never changes. Amen. And while I'm talking, if you guys would go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter 11, because I'm going to pick up some things of what, not what I did last Sunday, but the Sunday before, when I talked about that you got you to gotta stay in this place, you got to stay with some things. And uh, the Lord's just been stirring my heart about that we've got to continually uh, stay in faith and we got to stay connected with faith. And there's some certain things that he's just kind of unveiled to me that we need to hold on to. Amen? And, you know, uh, when we look at this, it, it, that we see what's going to take, you know, like I shared with you, people talk about what is the word of the Lord for 2024. I think it, there's a lot of things that can take place. I think one of the biggest threads that I saw through things was, yeah, was worship. But another big thread that I saw through there, that there was going to be a whole lot of shaking going on and a whole lot of that if you didn't have an understanding of the word of God, if you didn't hang on to the word of God, hallelujah, then you can be shaken and, and moved from your foundation. And the Bible has a lot to say about hanging on, has a lot to say about standing in faith, has a lot to say about don't be moved away from your positions. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. How do you know God's still God? He's still God. God is still God. So the word of God is still the word of God. Hallelujah. You know, and I believe this, that if you'll hang on to the peace of God and hang on to the joy of God, hallelujah, and you got to do that by faith. How many of you know that the devil's always trying to steal your peace and your joy? Amen. He probably tried to do that this morning with your kids or with what's going on or with traffic coming in or whatever else, trying to steal your peace and your joy, you know, and if you can't do that, you know, then you can hang in there and you can begin to, to allow God to be God in your life. So the wonderful thing about it is, is that God wants to do that and he wants us to overcome and he wants us to finish. Yes. He doesn't want the church to limp in. Amen. You know, I mean, Jesus is coming back for his bride. He's coming back for us, coming back for the body of Christ. How did he? And he, he's going to come back for somebody that's excited, that's full of life, that we can't wait to meet him. Amen. And we're going to be strong. The church is going to get brighter and brighter and brighter. And so, you know, I shared with you about that you need to stay in some things. The first thing you need to stay in was faith. Second thing is you need to stay in peace. Amen. You know, we talked about it. But I want to go back to the faith part of it because I want to just kind of get these things and stir up your heart. You know, Luke 18, 8 says this. When, the, when Jesus comes back to the earth, is he going to find faith on the earth? Amen. And, and, and so if that's so important, and, you know, when we're going to read here in, in Hebrews 11.1, 1, we're going to read here in Hebrews 11.6, but we're going to take hold of this, hallelujah, so that it'll strengthen our faith so we can stand against all the lies of the enemy. Yes. Amen? Remember what Ephesians says, having, having done all to stand, stand. Yes. Amen? You know, it talks about that, that we look at it, that we can, we can take all of the wiles or all the lies of the enemy that are coming against us, we can stand against them and we can win. There's no place in the Word of God says we lose, we win. Did you read the back of the book yet? We get, we get to, heaven wins, Jesus wins, amen? Hallelujah. So Hebrews, uh, you know, chapter 11, verse 1, you know, sa says this, okay? Hallelujah. <clears throat> It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. 
In the New Living Translation, it says, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. And an interesting verse. Faith is the substance of things we hope for, the evidence of things not seen. So what in the heck does that mean? What is he talking about? What does that mean? You know, when we look at this, we look at this and go, man, I want to have faith. I need to ask God to give me more faith. I need to do this. I just need more faith. Well, faith comes only one way. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Amen. And to stay in something means you got to stay in the place. This word here denotes that we got, there's a place that you can be in faith or you can be out of faith. How do you know if you're in faith or not? Or how do you know if you're out of faith? It's whether or not you believe or not. Whether or not you're standing in it, whether or not you're taking hold of it, whether or not you're, you're grabbing on and saying, listen, I am persuaded. I trust God. I believe. I am persuaded, hallelujah, that what God said is true. But you know, I was looking this and studying this, and I'm not a Greek scholar, but I got a lot of friends that are, and I got their books, and I got a lot of you know, books that I have and I look at, and I like one of the things that, that when it talks about this kind of faith, it means it's going to give you a divine spark means you ought to be a little bit more excited than you already are. <laughs> I think your igniter's got a little dull. You know, it needs to be cleaned off. Amen? Uh, you know, if you've got a pilot light in your, in your you know, uh, fireplace there and everything else and it stays on, but if it goes out, it's because the igniter switch in there, it's got carbon on it or it goes bad, but it's because it's not, it's corroded. It's got corrosion on it. Do you know sometimes in our life we've got to get a, take a steel brush, we've got to get uncorroded. Amen. And so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take some sandpaper today and sharpen your faith. Okay. We're going to, we're going to get you so that you burn brighter. We're going to get a divine spark on the inside of you to stir up your, your life. You know, people have always accused me of being a little too excitable and being a little too happy and, and a little too much. I mean, it's a little too much. I said, yeah, I know I am a little too much. I come from the loud family. Everywhere I go, I'm loud. We were, we were in Starbucks yesterday with the guys and everything. And if you could put me and Aaron together, we loud. Okay? I mean, that's just the way it is, which caused everybody in here to know that we're all saved, sanctified. I don't know if we're sanctified. We're all saved. But we're talking about it. So everybody wants to come up and say, well, you guys are, yeah, we're, 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 we are part of the loud family. But I. I think as Christians, we ought to have a little spark on the inside of us. We've got the life and the nature of God on the inside. We ought to have a divine spark that stirs us up. We ought to be ready to, to take hold of this and begin to walk full of life. Amen? And see, the thing about faith is, is it, it means to be persuaded, to trust in, and to believe in, that you, that you have this faith and trust and believe in God. But also when you have faith in something or faith in the word of God, that what God's word said is just like you have faith in God. And your faith in God is tied to your faith in the word of God. Amen? Hallelujah. And, and when you release your believing and trusting, it's like this. I'm going to step out in faith and believe, then I'm going to pull the trigger. When you pull the trigger and the bullet leaves there, you can't stop it. Now, Things can get in the way and divert it, which we do as we do, you know, sabotage our faith at times. We divert it. We get it deflected. It doesn't hit the mark. And yet God's saying, hey, when it does, you've got a divine spark. Here you go. Faith never retreats. Amen. It does. But not only does it say now faith is the substance. And I want to share this too. Now faith is. Everybody say is. 
Faith is always now. It's always what you believe. And you, faith is in the now. It's in the, and thank God faith is in the future. It's in the past. But really to receive the things of God, you've got to get faith in your present tense of what you're believing. You have to do that. You have to be excited about what God's doing now in your life. Amen? Hallelujah. He said, now faith is the substance. Well, substance for me, it's like, okay, uh, what does that word actually mean? I mean, substance is something tangible. I want to have my faith in something tangible, you know. But this word substance means this. It means to stand by something. It refers to the attitude and the actions of one who has determined to stand by something promised and refuses to budge from it. That helps me immensely because now faith is something that I am standing by or I'm standing with or I'm something that's been promised to me and I refuse to budge from it. So faith gives me the ability to take hold of the promise of God's word and say it's mine and I'm not leaving it. I'm not stopping it. I'm going to believe it. Just like you should have that same faith about your salvation. Amen. About being born again. Aren't you glad nobody can talk you out of your salvation? Because if they can, then we need to help you so that you can know. That's why we're doing apologetics, why we're teaching foundations. That's why we're teaching the Word of God, so that you can stand strong and give an answer to everyone. You know, thank God for all the knowledge and thank God for all these things that everybody's trying to do. But I just love the faith of God. I love the simplicity of the gospel. I love the simplicity of believing God. And I'm determined to stand by the promises that God and refusing to budge from it. Hallelujah. I've got this fixed decision. My, my heart is fixed. Remember Psalms 112 says, my heart is fixed. My heart is fixed is what he said. He said, my heart is fixed on these things. And when your heart is fixed on something, glory to God, you're not going to move away from it. You're going to stay there. You're going to stand on that promise. And you believe it's going to actually come to pass. It's amazing. You know, you've heard me tell stories before. You know, when people will come to me, or, and most of the time people that come to me are pastors or, you know, different people like that that want to help, and I'm encouraging them. And I say, well, let's believe God. Let's pray. Here's what the scripture says. And, you know, it's funny. I've had many of them say, you, you actually believe that. I said, we're going to pray. We're going to believe God. God, I got a scripture for that. God, here's a scripture that'll work. And they go, well, what do you mean? I said, we're going to pray. We get God. We got a scripture that answers your question. That you can stand. We've got a promise of God. This is what he's going to do. It's a promise. And what a shock. I, I just, I don't understand that. that. That tweaks my brain. It really does. You know, it, it tweaks my brain when anybody says, it says, you actually believe that what you're saying is true. I said, well, yeah. I, I'm basing my life on believing in my heart and confessing with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, that I'm saved, that I'm going to get to make heaven. I'm basing my whole life on, on what the word of God says. Amen? And I'm also basing my life on the word of God of what he says in all the promises of God. God gives us a promise. That's what God does. God gives us his word. He enables us to stand on it. My faith, hallelujah, glory to God, that I'm persuaded about how to give substance or that I'm going to stand by this, that promise, I believe it's going to come to pass. It changes everything for me. And we've got to hold fast to the salvation that God has given us, hold fast to the believing that Guess what? Jesus is coming again. He's coming for us. Amen. And then he's going to come back in the second coming. I think I'm probably going to need to teach on the rapture, which may separate a lot of things. You might all get nervous. Last time I taught on the rapture, we had about 10 people leave. 
because I got all nervous. And uh, he said, well, I just don't believe that. I said, well, that's fine. I mean, you believe what you want to believe. Yeah, I always used to say this. You know, it would be kind of nice if you didn't believe in the rapture that you didn't get to go and you had to stay. But God's going to be so nice, you're going to get to go because you believe in Jesus. So we'll all find out whether it's right or not. But when you look at the word of God and you look at what God says about it, you just have to do your own thinking and your own believing. I always tell people, I always teach what I know and let you do your own thinking. I said, well, don't you ever get upset if somebody disagrees with you? Never. I love that. That means you're thinking. That means I've challenged you. I either want to make you happy, mad, you know, get you just, get you to, I want you to get it here because I want you to finish. Amen. I want you to finish your course and I want you to know the truth. I really do. Because we've got to stay in faith. We've got to stay believing. We've got to stay exercising our faith. We've got to stay believing. We can't be afraid to step out if God's telling us to step out. Amen? We can't. We can't. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. And we got to stand and believe in what God said in his word. And we got to continually believe it until it becomes a reality in our life. Amen. I like it saying like this. You got to keep speaking your faith until your faith can speak for itself. Amen. But notice he says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. All right, Lord. I can, my hoper can be good. I got a good hoper. What the heck does that mean? (laughs) Things hoped for. Now, this doesn't mean what we usually think hope means. This doesn't mean, man, I sure hope it happens. That's not a Bible hope at all. That's not what hope means at all. This hope means, man, I am expecting this to happen. It's, a, it's, 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 a, it's an expectation that is just like, I expect this. I expect, it's not I hope so kind of hope. This is a confident expectation of what I'm believing and what I've laid my uh, hold of and I'm standing with that it is going to happen. I believe, I don't say I hope this happens. I mean, I am confidently expecting this to happen. People say, you're just crazy. You say, yeah, but that's what faith does. Faith turns you into a person that just believes as you stand and you go. I mean, there's a great famine in the land and God tells Elijah to go, go by the brook. He goes, you go down by this brook, I've commanded the ravens to feed you. Now, we love all these stories and we call them stories, but these are actual facts. These are actual things that take place. And, and we look at this and we go, okay, just go down there. You'll be all right. The birds are going to come feed you. All right, yeah. Do you know if you would have told, you tell somebody that, they lock people up like that. See, if we really truly acted biblical, most of us would be in trouble, okay? You know, God told me, oh my gosh, that's why you don't always tell people what God spoke into your heart there. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, you confidently, you have a confident expectation of some things. Why am I going over this slope? Because I want to get it in you that, listen, now's the time to believe God. Now's the time to exercise our faith. Now's the time to allow God to show you that I'm going to stand strong. Now's the time to be excited about your salvation. Now's the time to be excited about Christianity. Now's the time to have a voice. How to, don't be afraid to stand up for sanctity of life. Don't, forget, don't be afraid to stand up for, for morality. Don't be afraid to stand up for truth. And don't let the world say, oh, you believe this way. You know, you got to turn around and say, and you don't? Turn it, always turn it around. Say, I believe truth. I've got something to back it up. Amen. Now, they don't like it. They don't like the Bible. 
but that's okay. You just tell them, listen, you choose to brainwash yourself with everything out here. I just chose to brainwash myself with this. And here's the thing. I'm happy. You disagree with me, and I'm happy. I disagree with you, and you're mad. Amen. He goes on to say, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Aren't you glad that we've got evidence? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've got evidence. I said, what do you mean by evidence? Praise God. Hallelujah. It means we're convinced that what we know is true. And I know in my heart, that's what I've got to continually do with the body of Christ and with Harvest Bible Church is to continually let you know you know the truth. You have an unction from the Holy One, the Bible says, and you know all things through the Spirit of God. You know, that's, you know, 1 John 2.20. 1 John 2.27 says, but you have an anointing that abides within you that you need not that any man teach you. But that same anointing that abides within you, it'll teach you all things. That doesn't mean that we don't need pastors and teachers. We don't need people to come in and share things. It doesn't mean that we don't need to read books. and do It simply means you know the truth. You know what to do. You know how to stand. Amen? And you're not going to let outside voices or outside things stop you from believing the truth some says well how do i know the truth easy john 8 32 says you shall know the truth and the truth sets you free it brings freedom not bondage so anything that tries to put you in bondage that tries to bring you down or get you in the ear is not truth truth sets you free so so well what if they tell us something we don't shouldn't do this or this is going to happen well if it's truth then you don't do it you have no problem. If they tell you you grab that wire and it's a hot wire or it's electric wire, it's going to shock you. You say, well, I just don't believe that truth. Well, grab that wire and we'll see what happens. <laughs> Amen. See, see, it's amazing. But this faith gives substance and this is the evidence of it. It's something that we believe is so true. Hallelujah. That it, we are convinced that this is it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're convinced of this. So if we tie all these little words together, if we tie them together, here's what happens. Basically, it says faith is a divine spark from God to you and I. That's how you know you're in faith because you actually believe, all right? Faith is also, praise God, is a force that propels us forward toward a goal and it is never in retreat. Faith also stands by and never lets go of what it is believing God Four. Amen. Last one is faith is a strong conviction that what God has promised, he is going to make it happen. Amen. So that's why people get mad at people who are of faith because we actually stand up for things. We actually believe these things. We are very confident of what God is saying because we've got God's promise. We've got God's word and we're very convinced. And so people say, well, you're just arrogant and full of pride. Say, nope, I'm confident. I know in whom I believed. You know, isn't it wonderful when Paul wrote to Timothy, he didn't say, I know in what I believe. Aren't you glad you don't have to be this scholar? Aren't you glad you don't have to know everything? You just have to know who him, who knows everything. And you have to let the Holy Spirit work within you. Paul said, I know in whom I believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. 
I know in whom I believe. And I'm so glad I know in whom I believe. Because now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Hallelujah. It brings life. It's that divine spark that stirs me on the inside. And it says, it's easy to stay in that when you're confident you're right. That's right. Amen. When you're confident that you're right. Hallelujah. And it doesn't matter if somebody comes against you to tell you that you're wrong. Amen. Hallelujah. Now you're right there in verse 1. Jump down to verse 6 because now I'm going to help you. Now I'm going to help you. Are you listening? Tell you first. Okay, you can listen now. You already knew that. Now you can listen to this. Hopefully this will help even more. Okay. In verse 6, it says this, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. Hallelujah. And I love this verse because it basically tells us we have to be in faith. Now, when it talks about without faith, you know, we look at that and we kind of go, hmm, what does it mean without faith? Okay, I'm just doing this. No, faith is a location. It's a place. You know you're in faith or whether you're in faith or out of faith because you know if you have confidence. Amen? You know that you're convinced. This is the confidence that we have in him. Amen? That if we ask anything according to his will or his word, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we know that we have the petitions that we've desired of him. First John 5, 14 and 15. Amen? So this is the confidence that we have in him, in Jesus, in him and in his word. So what takes place, what, what happens is, is that when this word right here describes a location, you know, that we can be in that location or out of that location. So what the heck does that mean? What does it mean to be in faith or out of faith? Because the Bible says when you're in faith, hallelujah, you know, or in the spirit or out of the spirit, which you can do that too. So what does it mean to be that? It means, just like we said about Hebrews 11.1, 1, it means to be continually standing by the promises of God and believing the promises of God over every other circumstance that faces you. It simply means God promised to never leave me nor forsake me so I don't have to fear what they're saying or doing. God's on my side. God hasn't left. Amen. God said he'd meet and supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus because I have ministered unto him in giving and receiving. Now, if you don't give unto him in giving and receiving, then your needs aren't going to be met. Sorry about that. You can just quote, quote you know, Philippians 4.19 all, all day long, but if you don't do the, the verses before Philippians 4.19, if you're not communicating and giving and receiving and you're not doing things what God told you to do, then your needs are not going to be met the way they need to be met. Thank you for your overwhelming response. You know, it, it, we look at things and we see things, you know, but hey, you know, so when we, when we look at this, it means that we're going to continually stand by and stay with the calling or the promise that God's made unto us. And here's where a lot of people mess up is because God's called us all to assignments. He's called us all to be in a place where his blessing, where God commanded the blessing. Did you notice I talked to you, use that story about Elijah? How many of Elijah said, well... That brook's a long ways away. There's a, there's a stream over here real close. I'll just go over here. God knows where I'm at. He knows what I need. I'm going to go over to this one. How many you know the birds wouldn't be there? How many you remember the story of Naaman, the leper, 
who comes to Elisha and says, hey, I want you to heal me. Or first of all, he goes to the king. The king's like, what are we going to do? This is an act of war. Elisha says, don't worry about it. Send him to me. Elisha sends out his servant and tells him, hey, listen, go dip in in the Jordan River seven times. And what does, you know, uh, he does, Naaman goes, ah, what? The Jordan River's dirty. It's a dirty river. I can't believe, I thought this guy was going to come out here and wave his hand over and do some kind of incantation. I thought, I mean, here I am, a captain. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm somebody important. What is he doing? Amen? And, and all of the rivers of our country, so much cleaner than this dirty old river he wants me to go in. And dip seven times? I mean, how stupid is that? Come on. Now, thank God for servants. Thank God. For, he said, they said hey, 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 master. I mean, if he'd asked you to do some really hard thing, you'd have went out and did it. He's just saying, do it. Why don't we try it? Why don't we try it? So Naaman goes, dips once, nothing, tips. I mean, he, nothing's going on. Can you imagine? Here he is, captain. He's a royal, you know, general. I mean, and he's going out there dipping in the dirty Jordan River. Thank God that seventh time he went down and came up, he was completely made whole, made clean. Amen. See, we have a tendency to think, well, that doesn't make any sense. I love that God doesn't make any sense. Because it takes what? Faith to believe that what he said is true. Amen. What he said is true. Hallelujah. Amen. So here's the thing about it is, is that when we understand that our calling... Hallelujah. Or the promise, you know, that he's given us is our assignment. It's a location where we need to be. If God told us to be here, then we need to be here. Because God said, I've, I've provided the provision here. I've provided the answer for your faith here. Amen? Hallelujah. So to be without faith simply means you're going to be outside of faith. Hallelujah. And, and, and you've moved away from the promise or you've moved away from your assignment. So you know whether you're in faith or not or whether you're where God told you to be or you're standing on the promise that God gave you. Have you is the promise waning? Does the word of God seem like, ah, the word of God's so small and the circumstances so big? Well, you've got to get the promise bigger than the circumstances. You've got to do like they said in Mark chapter 4, where the seed sown groweth up and becomes greater. Remember what he said there? He said, the seed sowed grows up and becomes greater. It's like the mustard seed. It's the smallest of all the herbs, but when it's planted, it grows up and becomes the biggest of all things so that even the birds build their nests in them. Amen? And it becomes bigger. The seed sown grows up and becomes greater. So the seed of the word of God or the promise of the word of God has got to be greater than what you're looking at. You're hanging on to the promise. You're hanging on to what God said. Hallelujah. So you don't want to ever leave your assignment or leave your promise. Amen? Hallelujah. Because it says that when we, you know, I wrote it down like this. Hebrews 11 says, when, when one abandons the assignment or the promise of God, it is impossible for him or her to please God in that place. So you got to stick around and stay where God's called you, stay what's going on. Also, you got to hang on to the promise. I'm not going to leave the promise. God promised. So I'm going to stick with the promise. This is individually, and this is also for what God's told you to do. And don't let, don't let the devil beat you up. You may have messed up or things that may have happened, and it looks like, well, this, I can't do this because of this person, or I can't do this because of that. No, God's, God knows all those things. God's going to bring you around. When you stay faithful where he's called you, he'll bring you around and cause great things to take place. Amen? 
You got to stay in where God's called you to stay in. Amen? So faith, to stay in faith means we're going to stick with our assignment. We're going to stick with our calling. We're going to stick with the promises of God. How do, that's our place of faith. And that's where God commanded the blessings. We're going to stay in alignment with what God has called us to do. We're going to stick with what he's promised us to do. And we're going to receive all that he has for us. Amen. And I like this. Because it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder. Aren't you glad he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him? God's not withholding anything from you. Now, just a little side note, because I'm a pastor and I can do this. You know, when it comes to giving tithes and offerings and all those things there, we're not taking a second offering, so you're all good. But what I'm saying is, is that when you look at this, everybody think God wants to get something from them. No, God's trying to get things to you. He didn't establish tithes and offerings. He didn't establish giving. He didn't establish sowing and reaping so that, you know, he could take things from you. He established that so that he could get everything to you. Amen. Hallelujah. That always amazes me about that. And I grew up in a church that basically said, we, you know, when they sent you a we miss you card because you didn't come to church, it wasn't a we miss you card. It was we missed your contribution card. And here's an envelope. Send it in. We don't care if you come, but you send your money in. I mean, hey. I mean, it was almost like if as long as you tithe, you're going to make heaven. I haven't seen that in the Bible, but hey, that's, that's about what it was, you know. And, uh, you know, praise God, I, I, I used to laugh at it because I remember when I was a little boy and I'd say, how come we got this envelope? And my dad used to get, he, he hated that. And uh, so I thank God my parents had enough sense to know how stupid that was. But they still made me go to that church. But anyways, and I, should, and I, love, I love them. It's just that people can get very religious and legalistic and everything. Okay, you can make anything crazy. You can do things there. And so that's what happens when we begin to think, well, yeah, here's what takes place. But no, God's called us. He's assigned us to. He's given it to these things here. And if we'll stay in alignment with what God has called us and we'll stick to what he's promised us, praise God, hallelujah, we'll receive the end of our faith. And I'm thoroughly convinced that we need to see fulfillment this year. That's why I'm saying, because if you'll stay in faith, you're going to see fulfillment this year. Hallelujah. And it's all because of this word rewarder. This is what the Lord began to deal with me and show with me. He said, he said the problem is most people don't know that I'm a rewarder because they, they think that if they do one thing, that I'm obligated to pay up that day. I mean, you know, Saturday comes, but it doesn't always come. Or payday comes, but it doesn't always come every Saturday. It doesn't. I mean, in the Bible, when you look at all the things God spoke to all those, all those guys, and he spoke to them by promise, he gave them dreams, he gave them visions. But what did they have to do to go through to get those visions come to pass? God had to work on them. God had to do a lot of crazy things to get them to be able to receive that and be able to walk in it. Aren't you glad God didn't just give Joseph a dream and then turn around and say, here's what's going to happen. You're going to do this. And now all of your, you know, your brothers are going to bow down. Your mom and dad are going to bow down. You're going to be the head over Egypt. You're going to do all this stuff and have all this. But if God would have told him, yeah, but you're going to be sold into slavery. You're going to be sold into prison. You're going to spend 12 years in prison and uh, you're going to be forsaken. But then you're going to come out in 24 hours and be the second in command of all of Egypt. 
See, we always want the whole story. <laughs> we want to know the end so we know no matter what goes on. I know the, I know the end, but you do have the ending. So, no, so why are you getting so excited about the problems you're going through now? You already know you're saved. You're going to make heaven. I mean, I mean, the worst thing that can happen to you is you can, you can just stay here and grow old. I mean, the best thing is if you see Jesus and go be with him early. You say, thank God, that's awesome. But, you know, we look at things, we always look at things, well, I could just, no, man, there's so much more to do in heaven than there is here. But let me read this to you about the word rewarder, okay? And you, we got to hurry up. I, I, I got to hurry. I got a lot of notes here, and you guys aren't listening fast enough this morning. Okay, here we go. You ready? The, the word rewarder means recompense, reimbursement, settlement, or reparation. Also, being reimbursed for an expense a person has paid out of his own pocket in order to get the job done. A full and complete recompense. It denotes the one who pays rewards or gives what one has coming to him or is a paymaster. Now, the reason I'm going to share this with you is because, you know, this is what it tells us. And I wrote this down too. This lets us know That when we get in agreement with the promises of God that God's given to us and we choose to stay in faith, believing those, which includes staying in the place he has assigned for us, for us to be in, and or we stick with the promise God has made to us, a moment will finally come when God, the great paymaster, will richly reward you with his rewards, which simply means God may not pay up every Saturday, but if you'll stay with it, hallelujah, and you'll stay doing what God's called you to do, even because God's called you, even though you're not believing in the sense, oh, this is going to, but you're staying because you're honoring God, and you're allowing God to be, and you believe that God is going to do the, he'll turn around, and he'll bring it all to pass. Let me give you the really good example for those of there's a lot of new people, I think, that are here. In 2021, we purchased the whole facility, all 7.75 acres. The school over here rents from us. But you know, for 26 years, I have been asking our landlord to buy this place. Every year I ask her. You know, we signed a five-year lease and we had five-year leases of paying rent. So we were paying rent for 26 years. And I got tired of asking. So I basically felt like the Lord said, okay, she's not going to listen. Nothing done. You need to do this. Don't renew the lease. You're going to move. I said, oh, I'm going to move. I thought we were going to move. Because I think he had to tell me that in order to, to get me to say, there we go. So he said, you're going to move. But he said, send over two of your, your board. And he spoke to me. He said, you just let them one last time. Let's tell them to go over there and say, hey. And the crazy thing about that, that was in 2019 that he told me this. And I told our boy, I said, we're not renewing our five-year lease. We're, we're going to be month to month. I mean, she could have kicked us out in, in 2020, but she wasn't going to kick us out because she made us keep paying monthly for 2020. You know, she liked our money. So it was like, hey, let's do this. But I sent, the, they didn't go in 2020. We went in 2021, and uh, I sent two, just, I mean, we're done. So two of our guys, and God just supernaturally, supernaturally, this lady said, who had been telling me no for 26 years, said yes, and then turned around and gave us the deal of the century. I mean, these two guys were angels. I don't know what the deal was, but I mean, God had their hand. I mean, I know these guys, so I know that God had his hand upon them. It was awesome. Because they came back and said, hey, guess what? She said, da, 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 da. And I'm like, oh my gosh. 
She said, here, she told us how much we got it appraised. It was $4.6 million. And looked crazy. She said, listen, I'll do this. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you back $1.5 million in credit. I'm going to give you $1.5 million, okay? Hallelujah. Which comes out to almost exactly what we paid for the last 26 years in rent here. So, 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 hang, so hang on. God may not have paid. We're doing it. Then, she's, and she's holding the note at a very, very good rate. Everything's good. You know, the only catch was she said, you got to come up with a million dollars in three weeks. And you did it. You don't even know how you did it. You don't even know you did it. I don't know how you did it. They don't know how you did it. But you did it. And God did it. And boom. God did all that. I mean, it was like, it was like a whirlwind. All of a sudden, it's like, looking around like, hey, we own this thing. God said, watch what I can do. Because in God's timing, and God did, and God gave us, rec- God did, he reward, he made it all up in, in, in a soup like that, changed the course of everything. He said, well, can he do that for me? Absolutely. And guess what? He's working on it. He's working on it. He's working on getting it to you. He's working on it. I believe that by the spirit of God, God's working on every situation in here. He's working on it to get you set free. He's working. He's got paydays coming. When I say payday, it's not because you, 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 know, you deserve it or you think, oh, look, at I use this. No, but because you stayed faithful, because you're staying in faith, because you're believing. Because did you notice what it said here? That he's going to recompense even though you paid out of your own pocket in order to get this job done. Amen. When you did everything to make this things happen that you're believing you paid it all he said it doesn't matter I'm doing this because I know God's wants me to do it I know this is what needs to take place because you did it God says I hey I'm a rewarder I see it I see it I see what you've done I see what's taking place I see this glory to God I see this amen so he's about to fully reimburse you for everything you've invested along the way so look in your heart. If you've, I mean, and I don't know about you, but I've invested everything I have into Harvest Bible Church, into the ministry. I mean, I'm doing this my whole entire life, and I love it. And, I, you know, and when God said, listen, no, 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 watch. And he began to show me and, and began to remind me of things. Glory to God. He said, listen, you've got to stand by it, you've got to stick with it, and you've got to never budge from it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you'll stay in it, then great things will begin to take place. Great things will begin to take place. I got to wind this thing up, okay? You ready? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Go to Colossians chapter 1. This will be the last scripture and we'll go from here. Colossians chapter 1. Amen. You guys are awesome. Love all of you so much. I was so blessed. But uh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 1 verse 23. And the King James Version says, If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, am made a minister. The Amplified Bible says it like this, And this he will he do, or this he will do, provided that you continue to stay with and stay in faith, 
in Christ, well-grounded and settled and steadfast, not shifting or moving away from the hope which rests upon and is inspired by the glad tidings or the gospel which you heard, which has been preached and is, is being designed for you and offered without restrictions to every person under heaven and of which the gospel I, Paul, and become a minister. Amen. The New Living Translation says this, but if you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it, don't drift away from the assurance you've received. Don't be like the Galatians who, having begun in the spirit, are now going to be made perfect in the flesh. We got to stay connected in the spirit and we got to stay connected to the word of God and connected to the promise of God. He's listen, if you'll continue in the faith and you'll be grounded and settled, you'll be right. The, the, the Amplified says, if you'll consent to stay with faith and you stay in faith, how to be well grounded and settled and steadfast, not shifting or moving away from your assignment or your calling or the promise. Stay connected to it. You got to say, it's now more important to gather together. It's now more important to get the word of God. It's now more important than ever. Why? Because guess what? Payday's coming. You got to stay faithful. You got to stay in it. Glory to God. Stay in line with the word of God because God's getting ready to do these. He's getting ready to turn some things around for you. He's getting returns and things around. And so we've got to stay in faith, which is a position and a place, glory to, God, to believe with all of our heart that what God said is true. And I believe that with all my heart. I believe God's plan and purpose is going to come to pass. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited to hear what God's going to do in your life. Because, see, I have no greater joy than to know that you walk in the truth and you receive. I get so excited. I mean, I get excited when God blesses me. I do. But I get more excited when I hear about you. I do. We get more excited when God does something good for our kids more than about us. And I go, thank God you're doing something. Praise God. Hallelujah. They're getting it. Woo. Come on, Jesus. Hallelujah. Make me shout. You know. Amen. But see, that's it, knowing, and get ready. You better get ready. You're about to be blessed. Get ready. God's about to do something. God's about how to, to enable you to interpret a dream. God's about to get you at the right place at the right time where God can turn some things around. Amen? I believe, it. I believe this, is, this is our year. I believe this with all of my heart, and I'm looking for it. I'm expecting it on every corner. I am. I'm expecting supernatural things to happen where God says, watch, and you go, and I tell you, I've never been the same since 2021 when God did this, when God did this without asking me. He told me what to do in 2019, but I forgot about it. You know, and then when we sent them, say, hey, why don't you just go out? I mean, my thought was, hey, why don't you just go ask him one more time, see if we can do this. I mean, it, was, it wasn't like the Lord hath told me. He didn't tell me anything. It was just basically, hey, let's take one more shot at it. And it went, and they came back, and, and it was like, let's do this. And, and he did it. He did it. And I'm telling you, my life has never been the same. I tell you, I'm excited about what God can do. Thank God. But thank God. And then he begins. I mean, he didn't give me this message till today or yesterday. So, I mean, I didn't know about rewarding that he says what he does. Man, I wish I'd have known that. I know about synchronicity and all those things, but knowing about, hey, no, 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 no. God says, no, no, I, I'm going to settle up. I always come. See, I settled up. 
Bow your heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you today. Lord, thank you for, for every person here. Thank you for you touching the lives of every single one that's here. Father, I've preached to the church, but there are those, that, Father, the biggest key to be a part of the church or to be born again or to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior because that's what it's all about. We got to stay in faith, but you got to know having faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ is the greatest thing you can ever do. It's being born again. It's it's being a follower of Jesus. It's making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, which simply means I want to make heaven. How do I make heaven? How do do I know that if I died right now, I'd go to heaven? I'd I'd be with, with the Lord. Well, the Bible says, Paul said this in Romans 10. He said, if you would believe in your heart, and that you would confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you would be saved. It says, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, but it's with your mouth that can, you know, is made unto salvation, which you have to confess him as Lord and Savior. It seems so simple, but it's, it's, it's very, and it is simple. So Jesus made it so that everybody could be born again. Everybody could have a new life on the inside of them, that you could go from death to life. So if you're here and you've never done that or you're here and you say, you know what, I did that but I don't know if I really meant it or I've kind of had blows in my life, I've fallen away but I'm here today and I'd love to reconnect. I'd love to reconnect. I'd love to rededicate my life or I'd love to just, man, I want to make sure. Hallelujah. If that's you, raise your hand real high. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah to Jesus. Praise you, Father God. You know what? I just feel impressed. Let's just, while our heads are bound, let's just all declare Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Get all on the right page and say, Lord, I, I, right now I'm just making sure. Hallelujah for this. So I want you all to repeat this. Say, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father I believe with all of my heart that you sent Jesus to die for me. So right now, I thank you, Lord Jesus. And I call you Lord. Because I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you're my Lord and Savior. Thank you for your great forgiveness and for your great love. Amen. Amen and amen.